You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. And welcome in to a live Feedback Friday here on the Score North YouTube channel. It's Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd, where uh, we like to entertain you from a Minnesota sports perspective every day. Some reckless speculation mixed in. And we always like to stockpile on Fridays your comments, questions, concerns, critiques, whatever it is that you want to send into the show. Could be Minnesota sports related, could be life related. You could be looking for advice from the sports dad, some therapy, whatever it is. We got you covered here. Um, so, yeah, and we're going to be popping comments up from the Score North YouTube channel as well. Declan is out doing some scramble or something today for part of a big wedding weekend. So we yeah. are flying this plane without an actual pilot. We didn't crash it on Purple Daily. I'm hoping that we don't crash it here. So we'll see what happens. I got faith let him, let moving parts. Okay. I got faith in you. Rest, uh, rest in peace to uh, to this YouTube channel if I screw something up. So let's uh, let's start with some twin stuff here, Judd. I'm going to put the first question. It, it just like a bunch of different things coming in in one bin that I'm going to call Luis Arise Consternation. So Twins fans are looking at this offense right now. They can't scratch across any runs. They've now lost, what, five games in a row. They're below 500. They're still leading the division, but they're below 500. Yeah, for the a, first time. It's a gong show right now. It's not good. And meanwhile, Luis Arise, the reigning defending American League batting champion, now in the National League. It's the middle of June here. He's batting 403, which obviously leads baseball. Awesome. With a 452 on base percentage, which also leads baseball. Awesome. His 87 hits lead baseball. And uh, he's just one of the best hitters in the entire league, I guess. Like, And I think Pablo Lopez is going to turn it around. I do think he's a good pitcher, so I'm not as worried about that. But the fact that you had to give up a Luis Arise to get pitching, it kind of bothers me that they didn't just have better developed pitchers, so you yep. wouldn't have to give up three years of Luis Arise. But, you know, what sports dad do you have to say for Twins fans who are consternated when looking at the National League box scores every day and seeing a three for four or a two for four from Luis Arise. It's a little bit frustrating personally because I like to watch him hit. But I mean, if you want, like, if you were to say, you know, Sports Dad, we want a list of twins consternation topics. Okay. Like, you give me a list of things. Um, that would probably be towards the bottom of my top 10. Like, that is the least of my concerns. Hmm. Um, there are so many other concerns. There are so many other things that this team is, they are so passive and they have been, they have not really played well since I think they drilled the Yankees in April in Yankee stadium, a game that I think we, we were in a certain bar Phil and started to watch together and they scored like nine runs in the first inning or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, since then they have not played that well. And the, the reality is this, 
So, like, here, if you want something that pisses me off, here's one. So, does this really grind your gears? This grinds my gears. <laughs> this absolutely ticks me off. Okay. So, two nights ago in Tampa, on the back end of a double steal, Max Kepler falls asleep. So, he does not go to second. He would have scored on the Royce Lewis hit that would have given the Twins, what, a two to one lead. Instead, he stays at, at first, and then Rosarena comes up against Duran, who's, but by the way, yeah. been marvelous. I ain't faulting Duran, okay? Rosarena is he's so ridiculous. Good. He's awesome, but he hits a home run, two to one raise, game done. The next day, so yesterday morning, Rocco basically says, "I talked to Kepler about it. He's got to be on second base." Blah blah blah. Meanwhile, I don't know if you saw the story in Boston which is not exactly a great team themselves. Alex Verdugo did something that was similar in the fact that he screwed the pooch on a play he should have made or he should have been paying attention. And Alex Verdugo was benched the next day, okay? Max Kepler was in the starting lineup. No accountability. Zero. The, dude, look, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Just quickly. I know that I am Mr. Accountability, and some people laugh at sports dad. Oh, you want to be accountable? Oh, you think that works, right? And I understand. Sometimes I probably go too far. Sometimes I probably get so ticked off that I'm more ticked off than the team. But to turn it back to you, Phil, I mean, my God. So the guy basically falls asleep. He's been asleep for like three years now at the wheel, and he's just in the starting lineup. Dude, the... the I know that the word accountability sometimes gets like mocked as a right. like, well, what are you supposed to do? You know, we get mocked too sometimes for you gonna hold teams accountable. What do you think? You know, what do you think that's gonna do? Well, from a macro perspective, there's a reason why this country is founded on journalism, going back to the seventeen hundreds, right? A free press to hold leaders and authoritative figures accountable. And that trickles down to a much less serious degree in sports too. That, yeah, like, no one is saying that fans and media know better necessarily than people that work in sports for a living, but sometimes they do, and sometimes hard questions should be asked, and, and you know, we should be probing. Why are these billionaires running a franchise like a mom pop shop giving lifetime jobs to people in front offices losing 18 straight playoff games, right? Like, those are necessary questions, I think, in this sort of, you know, sports game that we all play but has anyone been held accountable for anything the last two or three years in that organization besides the trainer that got fired last year keep in mind in 2019 this twins team was the greatest power hitting team in the history of baseball they had the best offense in baseball well, maybe like a top three offense because there was a couple other good offenses that just didn't hit as many home runs and they wind up adding no meaningful parts at the trade deadline, unless you want to count like a seventh inning guy in Sergio Romo, right? Like that was, to me, that was the first sign of what are we doing? Wait a second. Nice job building up this roster, but why are you not taking advantage of this historically great power hitting offense? Why are we running Randy Dobnak out at Yankee Stadium in a playoff game, right? Like that was the first time I started four years ago saying, looking sideways at this organization again. 2020, they win the division in a pandemic-shortened year, kind of a weird year, right? They weren't stripping it down to rebuild or reset or retool going into 2021 or 22. They were full speed ahead, trying to win games. Let's keep this window open. A bunch of players in their prime, like Max Kepler, Miguel Sano, et cetera, right? 
and they finish a combined 25 some games, 22, 25 games under 500 the last two years. Mm-hmm. And now they're back under 500 again in the middle of June. And I'm not saying you should just be firing people for the sake of firing, but they brought back the same coaching staff, you know, minus Wes Johnson who left. And by the way, is now a, a head coach. <laughs> Georgia. You got the Georgia yeah. job. Dude, good for Wes Johnson, I guess. I think he's, by the way, a funny thing. I think he's actually playing out the season at LSU before he takes the Georgia job. I think I saw that somewhere. Ironically. Yes. He didn't do that with the Twins. Yes. But, but like, we're just going to keep, you know, let's just keep running it back with the same coaches, the same front office, the same everything. And it's just, it's, it is annoying. This franchise, there's just, even going back to the Terry Ryan, Terry Ryan was, an excellent leader. And the first time around as a general manager was fantastic, right? The second time around was Rocky and the ownership said he has a lifetime job as GM. As long as he wants to be the GM, he can remain the GM. What kind of message are you sending in terms of accountability? When regardless of performance, you can just keep your job and your office and keep pushing ahead. It's just, it's weird. But how do just to pick out two people to pick on here because they probably deserve it. How do Falvey and Baldelli, how do they never learn and change? Like, as far as Baldelli goes, and I know that he is, I know that he is taking a lot of information, <clears throat> marching orders from upstairs, but as far as that goes, how do you never change anything? And because when I talk about changes, I just don't, I don't mean just, oh, fire this guy, trade that mm-hmm. guy. I'm talking about things like, you bench Kepler. You say Max. Agreed. Like, like I would have benched him on the spot. I would have been like, dude. Why, why would he not be used as an example in that spot? Well, what yeah. if we lose him? Who cares? You're DFA, dude. He he should he should have been on thin ice going into that incident. Yes. That that incident should have been a blow up. You're a hundred percent right, dude. I had not thought about this because the twins don't occupy as much space in my brain as they used to. But how he's in the lineup the next day after pulling that stunt that lost them a baseball game, and then anyone and I've heard this thread too from like some of the like Twins blogosphere, well, he probably wouldn't have scored from second, even if he had taken second. That's not the point. I think he would have scored. Paul Molitor, you said, said he would, would have scored yeah, on the radio broadcast. He did. Don't let people off the hook for stuff like that. Why are you not holding players accountable? As a leader in that situation, whether you're a manager or the front office, if you're lowering the bar for performance that far, where you're going to let Max Kepler just continue to be in the lineup on a daily basis, fall asleep at first base in the ninth inning of a one-run game, and you're going to put him back in the lineup, what message are you sending to the other players in the organization that, well, our tolerance for poor performance is it's pretty high, actually. So you can pretty much just dig around here and uh, keep your job, stay in the lineup, et cetera. And it's been the message going back, basically, with this current administration to day one. Like, that's always been the message. Oh, you didn't run out of, oh, you should have run that that out but here you are you're staying in the game and you're gonna play tomorrow that's what just frustrates me and they don't ever adjust and change based off of that and look i mean here's a perfect one okay because it's probably small but it's important in baseball you play 162 games so the small moves can turn out to be incredibly important um so a week ago or so right they call up kyle garland because they're they're like, well, he's really good against Southpaws. We're gonna face a bunch of them. Here we are now going into the Toronto series. And I'm not even blaming him, but Garlic's presence had made no difference. Meanwhile, the 
Walner heater is probably passing us by and halfway through, you didn't say, you know what? Let's flip that. Let's get him up here. He's playing so well. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and do they, here's what gets me. Do they think that they're just always right? Like, cause they, they can't be that dumb. They're not dumb people. What, what is the thought process, Phil, that doesn't allow them to say, you know what? We learned from that. What we did was probably not right. So let's correct it. What is that know. chip in their brain that doesn't allow them to acknowledge that? I don't know. I, the more I think about just the last six or seven years and just things that I've kind of gleaned and heard from around baseball, it kind of feels like this organization lacks an authoritative leadership presence. It feels a little bit like maybe they took the third or fourth guy in line with the Indians, now the Guardians, elevated him a spot or two higher than maybe he was supposed to be. Yeah. I think Falvey is a smart guy. I think he does bring value to an organization. I think sometimes the twins feel like they're not operating with a long-term vision and plan. That's my sense. And maybe Thad, I guess, you know, Thad's always been kind of a number two guy to John Daniels in Texas. I mean, outside of maybe doing some twins radio network hits, I don't, Thad used to be a yeah. front man for the organization. I can't remember the last time I saw Thad, like, doing I have, an interview. I, I have no idea right now what Thad's power is. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I kind of thought he would leverage the 2019-20 success and maybe go get the big job, but yep. obviously that didn't happen. All right, let's keep reading comments here. Boy, you can tell we're we're triggered by this franchise right now like you guys are. Chuck Jerzak says, three reasons the Twins can't be good. Number one, not necessarily cheap, but extremely cowardly owners who won't pull the trigger on anything that helps the product on the field and would rather spend it on their toy target field. Number two, the two tools in the front office have no clue how to develop homegrown talent or read medical records on suspect free agents. And then the manager who learned managing a baseball team by reading managing for dummies. I feel bad for our awesome starting rotation for crying out loud, at least fire the hitting coach. Time for a shakeup. Yeah. <laughs> I keep saying like pin- this pinch hitting for Alex Kirloff thing that they keep doing. Didn't it happen again like two games ago? Like, I they like pulled him after... Did they? I think I garlic, for, gar, didn't garlic come in? I thought that was for Larnick. I feel like they, I feel like Kirloff. He's come back up now, but you might yeah. be right. But I, I mean, happened, they definitely are doing it. It's happened like three times where you have, you have this young franchise hitter at every level. He is mashed at no point in the major leagues. Has he shown you like a wide platoon split where there's a hundred point OPS difference between lefties and righties. And the Oakland A's a few weeks ago bring in an opener, a right-handed opener to start the game. And then they surprisingly bring in a left-handed starter to start in the second inning. Why are you reacting to that move? They didn't bring in Sandy Koufax or Johan Santana, right? I was ridiculous. And the fact that Rocco and the Twins are reacting to that move by pinch hitting for Alex Kirloff in the third inning. Stuff like that. It's like, what message? I was texting with someone a friend in a different organization from old Macadac used to cover baseball long enough to at least have like some people in different organizations. Tapping into that, your sources. You know, yeah. Tapping into the sources. And, uh, and I said, am I nuts? Like my opinion on this, this pinch hitting for Kirilov thing, especially in the third inning against a mediocre lefty that the A's bring in. And he's like, no dude, you're from a, just from a, there's the spreadsheet move that you make. And maybe you could justify from a spreadsheet perspective, making that move, which I also question. And then there's the human element side. And there's a lot of people in baseball that think the twins who were all human element with Terry and Bill and those guys 
that now it's like they barely ever account for the human element on this other side. But how about just the he's really good? <laughs> like, yeah, like let, just let, the but like, hey, this let guy's him, really good. Let him build confidence. Let him go out there and build confidence and become the alpha of the clubhouse. Like he's one of the leaders you're going to need for the next three to five years, provided the wrist holds up. Yeah. And you're and you're basically castrating him by pinch hitting him for guys like like you're going to bring Kyle Garlic in to pinch hit for a centerpiece young franchise player. Think about the human aspect of that for a second. I got a question based off that too, um, because pe- people that then say, "Well, it's the Twins' re- reliance on on advanced metrics, analytics, blah blah blah." It's my personal opinion, okay? Just from me personally, I don't feel like platoons or deciding on the matchup in that case. I think that the, I mean, that goes back to the '60s, the '70s, the '50s. Like, I feel like advanced. Metrics are really in-depth things and more like I don't think splits like splits have been around forever. Mm-hmm. Teams had access to splits for years. We just didn't look at them. OK, so like tell me when 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 Kirloff gets pinch hit for it, is that some type of deep secret of this is the new age thing? That to me seems like a very old school train of thought. And I still don't like it, but I think it's putting too much on on yeah. this is the new wave. Platoons aren't the new wave. They're old. Right. But they do incorporate a lot of, call it new wave information. And every team at this point, to some extent, does. Sure. But I think, I think like they can talk themselves into two years of Emilio Pagan being in high leverage situations because various analytical data points tell them his process should lead to better results that based on what we're saying. That, that again. Or based on what we're seeing. But at some point, the results are just the results, and but there's not. <laughs> the Kirloff thing is actually a very old-school thought process. Now, in his case, it's incredibly flawed because he should play every day if he can. Yeah, it's – let's keep going here. I'm going to blow a gasket. Susan Terwilliger says, I can't even pull for the Twins anymore. I hope they lose 100 games and we can put a banner up the size of the strikeout zone. They are an embarrassment to Minnesota baseball teams. This is what you said, and this is where it gets tough. Trent Bestlin says, I'm so happy that you guys are back doing... Oh, actually... Hold on, this is a movie review one. I just want to see if we have another... Oh, we have a couple more Twins ones here. Let's we'll, we'll, A couple more Twins ones, and then we'll transition. Uh, Charles Raymond says, Gentlemen, would you consider a division win for the Twins with an early out in the playoffs a success, another colossal failure, or something in between, or maybe just one playoff game win makes us happy? Where, where's your bar right now? I hope it's not there. Like, no... This is my bar is win a playoff game right now. Okay. Just win win a playoff. My bar is this. Stop being stupid. That's my (laughs) bar. Stop being stupid. Stop doing things that don't make any sense to anyone. Quit leaving yourself open to be ripped because you are literally offending everyone trying to watch you. Um, A playoff win would be nice. But I mean, right now, I literally I'm just at the point of do things that make sense. I'm poking him with a stick and say, do something that makes sense. Yeah. That's all I want right now. They're making no sense. They're irrational. Let's see here. Uh, Croquet Film on the YouTube comment section says, Giants fans are so glad we passed on Carlos Correa. Dodged a major bullet. Yes. I saw another. I think it was Parker Hageman put out some stats about how he, he's usually a really good fastball hitter, and he can't hit fastballs this year. Yep. Is it? It can't just be the plantar fasciitis, is it? Is it? 
And it, no. we're kind of beyond the point where there's a hole in his swing when you're a veteran. You know, fire the hitting coach. Well, Carlos Correa has been in the league long enough to sort of figure it out after a couple months. This dime is, store theory. I got a dime store. I've got a sports dad dime store theory on what is his starting point. So, like, yes, he's banged up now. But, Phil, I really think that this is – I think he's shook because two teams said your career will end soon. Wow. I think he's shook. Like, think about it. Baseball's mental, man. If someone told you that, yeah. You know, I mean, how tough are are you? If someone came to you tomorrow and said, you know, Phil, we we were going to give you a million bucks to join FS1 and debate Skip. But we did a physical, and your voice is going to go in three years. We your don't vocal trust cords it. are hanging by a thread. By thread. Well, I feel you, fine right now. Yeah, no, you're going to be done. You're going to be done, and because of that, the offer is off the table. You go back to score north, and that Zolgad idiot. In fact, this is the worst set of vocal cords we've ever seen yes. on a 37-year-old man. Unbelievably bad. <laughs> You'd be shook. Yeah, it would be It would be weird not to you know, empathize too much with a guy that still makes $36 million a oh, year. Yeah. He's fine. But, yeah, when when you have a couple $300 million contracts locked in, with two different franchises and and you wanted out he they wanted to go there yeah they back out now you're back in a place that i know it it sucks to hear twins fans but this wasn't where he wanted to be yep so you're you're in a place where you and your wife really didn't want to be in the first place but they happened to come in and offer you the most money after the medical stuff it's an interesting dynamic for sure i'm predicting a major bounce back in 24 Rotisserie league players, get them next year. You think I'm so? Per- yeah. Okay. I think he's shook. But he won't be shook next year because there'll be some distance between it? Exactly. Okay. And plus, I mean, he's going to, like, this is embarrassing right now. Well, you know, if uh, if it gets even worse for him, Burnsville Heating and Air is hiring. You know, if he's looking for uh, Great job. a soft landing, if you're a fast learner looking for a job change, Burnsville Heating and Air is hiring all HVAC positions with all levels of experience. So you can get, and if you've never worked with HVAC before, you can get trained on the job. They're great about that at Burnsville Heating and Air. Uh, If you're looking for a great summer job, or maybe you're a recent college grad looking for work, you can work close to home with full-time jobs throughout the seven-county metro area here in the Twin Cities and in western Wisconsin. Join the rapidly growing team of heating and cooling experts for over 35 years at Burnsville Heating and Air. Apply now at burnsvilleheating.com and click careers. That's burnsvilleheating.com and click careers. Over at EcoFun, two metro locations, Forest Lake and Burnsville. All sorts of fun things for you to get into. For instance, um, golf carts. How about this, Judd? A buck two fifty four seat EFI golf cart available and in stock for just sixty four ninety nine. This year, those include a fold-out windshield standard on them at no extra cost. Also, the 2023, uh, is it pronounced Aprilia and Moto Guzzi motorcycles are in stock and ready to ride home. So so many fun, fun toys for you guys to get into here. (laughs) EcoFunMotorsports.com. EcoFunMotorsports.com. Nice. All right, let's see here. Trent Bestland says, I'm so happy you guys are back to doing movie reviews, which you can find movie reviews with Mackie and Judd. I believe later today, the uh, Tin Cup review is going to be posted on that podcast feed. I look forward to listening to each new one, and I'm pumped about having them all in one place to listen to. With that being said, I have a great movie recommendation for you guys to review. 
Okay. And I think this falls into a rom-com. Yep. And I love this recommendation. Grumpy Old Men. Oh, yeah. Great cast. Yeah, Anne Margaret, Burgess Meredith, Kevin Pollack, Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon. I saw that one in the theater, if I'm not mistaken. Really good. Yep. Even a Shooter McGavin sighting. He played like the weird husband or boyfriend or something. It's been a long time. Takes place in Minnesota. Some great lines. A love triangle. For the purpose of your movie reviews, I think you guys would love to do this movie. I have added this movie now to the list for this summer. Let's do it. We I should love it. 100%. And I, I don't know. Declan probably hasn't seen that one. No. And it might bore him, but it, it, it's a good film. Yeah. It would, there's a lot, of, a lot of good fodder. I, I can't tell with Deck sometimes. Because <laughs> he, he's young. I mean, you know. He gets bored sometimes with like 80s and 90s movies. I think he's going to hate Slapshot. That's my prediction right now. It's my so hot take. I've never seen Slapshot straight through. I think you'll find I think you'll find it entertaining, not great. Like I it's clearly one one of my all-time favorite films. I think Declan's not going to like it at all. Yeah. It's very 70s and I think that's going to bore a guy that was born in like 1993. Yeah. All right, so there's a, there's a bunch of people from last week's Duluth fiasco on the show where we started arguing about Duluth. We love Duluth. I love Duluth. You love Duluth. Declan apparently hates Duluth and up north. But then he starts talking about the cabin that he loves in northern Wisconsin. It's very weird. So Corey Larson says, Matt, and he went to St. Cloud State, by the way, which is, you know, in the north direction. But he says, uh, Mackie, can you believe Declan would rip on Duluth while always talking up St. Cloud? St. Cloud is the worst city in Minnesota. I don't endorse that last part. We love our St. Cloud listeners and viewers. Yeah, and, I and Declan's yes, not here to defend himself, but I still, a week later, I've been thinking about this. We got to get Declan back to Duluth. I don't know what kind of terrible experiences he's had there, but like the North Shore overlooking the great gigantic bars. Lake Superior. It's, great. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, Duluth is one of my favorite trips in the state without question. Yes. And St. Cloud's fine. St. Cloud's close. St. Cloud's absolutely fine. I mean, I just, I love a, just a little three-day weekend. Maybe you're just an overnight in Duluth. Yeah, Code, go to a show or, or Cade Pearson says, Declan let's is go to a show. dead to me. <laughs> go to a show? No, let's go do a show. Oh. Let, let's go, let's go cut a deal with, if it's still there, Grandma's Sports Bar. Great sports bar. Oh, at, at least it was. Let's go do a show up there. Let's go do a PD. Let's, let's draw in all those folks. From Duluth, that can come watch us mingle. We'll enjoy some Surleys with them. But yeah, that's a weird. And what's weird is De- Declan's stance on Duluth has not changed since I met him, and it's so harsh. Yeah, it's way too harsh. I, I I'd love to hear from some of our Duluth listeners and viewers. Hit us up. Send us messages through the Scorner app feedback tab. Sell Duluth to Declan. Give us give us give us like five landmarks or bars or reasons. Yeah, and we can. It would be a blast to go up there and do some purple daily, or I don't know, do something up there, a live event or something. Absolutely. KZ Bay says hating on Duluth is like hating on dogs. That's probably true. Yeah. Oh, here's a theory. Robbie B says Declan had his heart broken in Duluth. I don't get that. I think he would have mentioned that. He he's pretty much an open book. Hmm. I think he would have mentioned that. Yeah. No, I think that. Here's my only guess. My only guess is. Declan's dad didn't like Duluth. Okay. And so he it's is like a fan, like the family, the family yes. hated Duluth or something. Yes. Yeah. And, and Declan talks about the fact that he, he and his dad, 
his late dad had no patience and Declan clearly, if, if you watch our show has no patience. So like I could see Declan and his dad ha- having one bad experience. Like they didn't think it was fun or something. And that forever colored their impression of Duluth and they were done with it. Yeah. Josh Salvino, some Viking stuff here. I'm listening to your discussion about how the Vikings would be potentially worse without Daniil Hunter on the team and the Vikings trading him for draft capital. I think you guys are missing one major outlier. The defense was basically last in total defense last year with Hunter on the field. Can we all agree? Can we all agree that we all as a collective hope that the defense is better this year, but let's go back to the same big picture hat. Will the, will the defense be that much worse without him than if he was traded? I mean, the defense is worse without Daniil Hunter. Yeah. But I think it's overstated how much worse it would be. I think the scheme makes it a lot better. I think the the Flores net positive would outweigh the the Hunter, especially like if you if you did trade Daniil Hunter, you would probably sign one of these veteran edge rushers like a Justin Houston to take his place for a year. So it's not like you would not fill his role. But- so I, I I think one of the most interesting stories, intriguing stories about the Vikings 2022 defense, which was just God awful, is this. I think at the end of the day, when you go look at at especially Hunter's advanced stats, Daniil Hunter had a great year for being miscast. Mm -hmm. So like, that's my, that's my point. Like if you watch those games, there were a lot of times I think we all said, what is easy Ed doing with 99 like what he's dropping back into coverage. Harrison Smith is not blitzing and, and defense. It all goes basically hand in hand. So I'll defend Daniel here. I actually think he had a really strong season in spite of what he was asked to do. Yeah. And that's another factor. Like would he have been a top five edge rusher if working with a, a better or different defensive coordinator, totally valid point. And then uh, Justin R. says, when talking about Jefferson's contract extension, why do you cite Tyree Kill's $30 million average annual value, which is predicated on a non-guaranteed final year of $44 million that the Dolphins will never pay him and artificially inflates the deal? So, all right, I mean, that's a fair point. But I think here are the targets for a Jefferson contract. If I'm his agent, I'm looking at average annual value, total guaranteed, and total contract. And I'm gonna. I want to break all those records. So average annual value right now, Tyree Kill leads all receivers thirty million dollars. That's the baseline for my client. Total guaranteed, Cooper Cup seventy five million. That's the baseline. And then total contract, Devonte Adams leads with one hundred forty million dollars. So like, that's the starting point. You know, plus whatever you can get if you're the agent for Justin Jefferson, right? I believe the highest paid non-quarterback in the league is Aaron Donald of the Rams, and he's something like the 14th highest paid player because the top 13 or 14 are quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I'm I'm going in with that contract. I want to exceed that. I, I'm actually going to say the receiver story is cute and nice, but I want a contract that makes him unequivocally, no questions asked, the highest paid non-quarterback in this league. So I don't want to talk about – Receiver comps, I want to talk about everyone else but quarterback comps. That That's that fair. would be my stance. And Quasi told me it's a champagne problem. So they can clearly afford it. I mean, it's a champagne problem, no problem at all. It's funny how those words probably do come back to bite him at some point at the never admit that, man. You never negotiating table. Um, so all right, thanks for your feedback here on this feedback Friday, Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. 
You can, if you so choose, give us a five-star rating and a positive review on the Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd podcast feed on Apple. Help spread the word about this awesome fan base that you guys have uh, helped us build here. And then if you could click the subscribe button and the like button on the YouTube channel, we can help spread that word in video form. So Explore Duluth, folks. Explore Duluth. That's all I got to say. Yeah, let's make it. Well, Let's make it happen. We'll get up there for for some sort of live show. That would be a freaking blast. And maybe we can just drop Declan off in Forest Lake. I don't know. Or St. Cloud. <laughs> Blaine. No, we go Blaine. through right by Blaine. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll uh we'll see you guys. Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd.